Two weeks in a row, two heroic efforts against two title contenders. Are the Magpies all that good? Are we are we all that we now think we are? Or are honourable losses just that, still losses? And after all this, after all that effort, after all that work, teams are in, no change. Is it the right call? So much conjecture. Magpie Girl, how are you tonight? I am fantastic. Thanks, Mighty Team. Did you enjoy the game? Oh, yeah. God, it was, fan- oh, it was brilliant. I was there. I was sitting in the a lower stand of the Ponsford. Um, you know, hear the bodies clashing. and mm. <laughs> um, it, Look, it was just, it was a great game of football. Um, seesawing, tight, tense, um, you know, had everybody screaming out, telling them all what to do and why yeah. doing that. And um, I know it was just a fantastic game of football. It was beautiful, wasn't it? I, I, I've got to say, I, I, I didn't get down to the game. I was celebrating my birthday and come the fourth quarter, I was about 15 Jaeger bombs down and a couple of dozen vodkas and didn't quite know where I was, but I was enjoying the game. And uh, I've watched it back on replay. Yeah, look, the, F, the effort was, was out of this world. Uh, but I know that I've got, I've got Gone Critical's voice just in my ear, buzzing from behind, just just whispering, that, yeah, but we didn't win and... You know, can't rest on our laurels, and he's and and, and this. You know, I, I'll take the aura of, of going critical, and, I, and I'll agree with him because whilst it was an amazing effort, whilst it's such a such a powerful, you know, powerful thing to to see such a, a group of young kids really gel together and push this champion football side like Hawthorne to the limit. Um, whilst that's such an amazing image, something that we can really look back on. You can't look back on it too fondly because it, it was still a loss. And it kind of leads us to... Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but. Look, I, I ended up sitting um, with Vicky Park for the last quarter and, yep. uh, and she she said to me, well, I'm, I'm really disappointed that we lost, but I am so proud of them for only losing by 10 points. This is the first time we have, we've lost by less than 40 points, you know, in the last four years. So, yeah. I mean... And that last quarter where it was, we were seesawing and, yeah, look, they just they just broke. The pressure just got to them again in those last few minutes. Yeah. But, boy, you know, I mean, I honestly went to that game thinking that Hawthorne would murder us. Yeah. And it was such a fantastic game. Can I say, it, I, was, it, I, I agree with you completely. Such a heroic effort. And even at the point when, when Hawthorne kicked that goal to go, I think it was 16 points up in the last quarter, I actually bought the entire bar around because I was so proud and that was, and I, and I was also so drunk. But I was also really proud. And and and, and I do hold on to that. Um, it's it's a platform. And, and I think that the, the club and the players should now look at that and say, you know, Damn it! You know we could have beaten these guys. We didn't, but this is our this is our baseline now. This is what we have to show against these guys consistently. We're going to come up against a a, a very emotional Port Adelaide side this week. Um, one a team that really needs a win um, for a variety of reasons. So the pressure is going to be up again. Before we get to that, before we get to our our, our lovely South Australian cousins. Um, did you manage to brave the cold for the VFL game this week, Magpie Girl? Because I, I, I got there for about a quarter and a half and it was Baltic. I was and, looking uh, for you. 
I bolted. To be there. You bolted. I bolted. I stayed for a bitter end and I have to say I was suffering from brain freeze. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> I, I, I got there I got there at the end of the first quarter. I stayed for about a quarter and a half and, and then because of my old age my knee started playing up, so I just thought uh Make for the make for the exits and the warmth of a fireplace. Well, you um, might have seen my little message on um, on the game day thread, but I actually sat next to um, Jordan Degoe and his dad for a quarter. I did read that afterwards. What was that like? Oh well, it was you know it was I was just sitting there, and suddenly these two people sat down next to me, and I'm sort of looking, and I'm thinking, I think this might be Jordan Degoe, and I wasn't quite brave enough to sort of say. You know, straight out. Then I realised it really was him. So yeah. I don't know. You know, you just don't want to say hi. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ask some questions. Um, I don't know. I, I sort of started up something, and the next thing we were just chatting away. And look, he's. Um, I just admire the players so much. They give so much. Uh, time to all the kids that come up to them that they, they never hesitate to, you know, write their autographs and joke with the kids. And you know, and as soon as somebody realised, one of the kids realised who it was, you know, they all started lining up and his dad was a great guy and, they, you know, it was just really friendly and lovely. So He seems like such a level-headed kid. Um, did, did, I'm guessing that really came across when you when you had a chat with him? Yeah, yeah. I, because it was such a horribly, horrible cold um wet day, you know, I said to him, do you like playing in the wet weather, expecting him to say no. He said, yeah, I love it, love it, yeah. <laughs> you know, love the unpredictability of it, love the the bodies all, you know, um, banging into each other and going everywhere and, you know, just love the con- loves the hard contest. So um, He just reminds me so much of, of Bucks, just a competitive animal who just wants to get out there and play. So, uh, look, I, I, I like the kid a lot. I like the the cut of his jib, so to speak. But um, yeah, that's that that was uh, that that was really nice. I'm, I'm I'm glad you had a chance to chat with him. Yeah, yeah. I just sorry I didn't whip my phone out and record the interview. Could have yeah, ex- exactly right. Exclusive. <laughs> two, two exclusives in a week. Speaking <laughs> speaking of which, what did you think of the uh, the Taylor Adams interview? Oh, it was terrific. Thank you. That was a really good job. Yep. Now all the thanks has to go to you, Matt Pogel, obviously for organising it and um, and uh, and making sure that we get access to, to these sorts of figures. We've got a nice little haul now so far um, of, of staff and players alike. So uh, let's hope we can keep adding a few of these exclusives and these interviews to our, our list. And um, kudos to the club for um, giving us access, which is great. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get into this week's game and let's introduce. Uh, Fishing Rick, who will be our guest this week from the Port Adelaide board. Rick, how are you doing today? Yeah, very good, mate. What about you? Uh, look, it's been a it's been a long day. It's been a long week since uh, since Friday night, as you can imagine. It was a bit of a tough loss of the hawk, but you move on from these these sorts of things. Tell me a bit about Port this year. Um, that they they seem to be one of the the real stories, even though it's not quite dominating the headlines over here. The the, the fall from essentially fourth to currently sitting outside the eight um, has been dramatic and one that wasn't expected by me. Well, you could, you could almost call it the fall from grace, couldn't you? I mean, we were the we were the poster child for the last two years of the AFL and uh, the shining light of recovery from uh, from being on the bones of our bum to uh, uh, to making that preliminary final and almost knocking off Hawthorne. It's um, I think a lot of the 
supporters, including myself, we're all very perplexed um, to what's happened and, and none of us have really got a, a definite answer uh, to what's happened. So, you know, it doesn't help you guys, I guess, but your guess could almost be as good as ours because the team hasn't really changed. We've had a couple of injuries, but every team has injuries. So unless you like Gold Coast where you've got 16 injuries on your playing roster, um, two or three injuries really doesn't cut it as an excuse for, for not being able to perform. So uh, we just seem to be very disjointed this year. Um, we seem to be lacking a little bit of tactical nows and, and uh, obviously Phil Walsh passed away last week, which was horrendous. But um, you know, there has been questions, have we been missing Phil Walsh's uh, influence this year? And, and questions have been raised on Michael Boss. Uh, mm -hmm. is, is he up to the challenge? And um, but now, as results continue not to go our way, uh, the selections are becoming more and more controversial on a, on a weekly basis. If I'm going to make an observation about, you know, from my rudimentary understanding of Port Adelaide's game plan and the way that you guys go about your football, even last year, Port seemed to play a bit on, uh, on a knife edge, um, very dangerous uh, ball-moving side, but the, the kicks... Uh, are generally into very dangerous spots. And when there's a turnover, you seem to get scored on quite heavily. Now, last season, you were able to score in bunches with a huge wave of momentum, um, with some really attractive football, really really pretty football, uh, and, and caught a lot of teams off guard. Has there been a, a working out phase? I mean, is it just a case of, you know, because the, the targets you were hitting last year, that, that, that don't seem to be coming off this year. Uh, I think it even goes further. Well, it goes further than that, but our disposal efficiency has been deplorable. We've been uh, the Carlton game in the second quarter. I think we ran in the thirty percent region. Mm -hmm. um, you, you're not going to win a, a game of lower league football, you know, SANFL standard or VFL standard, let alone AFL standard, running at those figures. And then again, second second quarter of Sydney, we ran in the fifty percent uh, disposal efficiency. Uh, percentage. So again, that's one area that's letting us down. Um, I'd also I'd also argue that the teams have it's it's probably not um, not hitting the targets, but I think the teams have really been able to curtail our attacking flair mm -hmm. and our run and carry, and uh, they've been able to they've been able to create more stagnant football with the Port Adelaide Football Club, which has been to our detriment because obviously with modern AFL. Um, slow, stagnant football allows the opposition to sort of flood back mm -hmm. and uh, and obviously get numbers behind the ball, clog up space, and then that makes it almost impossible uh, for delivery. So um, there, I think there has been an element of worked out, but I think it's also the players have probably um, worked themselves over a little bit mentally and, uh, and they're sort of a bit confused in the game plan. That's how it comes across to me. Talk me through some of these changes. They seem a little bit... What's the right word? Uh, controversial, um, and and is it, is it a bit of a knee-jerk reaction? What, what's the thought coming from the Port Adelaide side of the fence? Yeah, look, there's a few players that probably uh, that supporters are happy um, to be omitted for one reason or another. Um, Alapakala, if we take on face value um, that he was injured, well then he you know he needs to be rested because he had four goals kicked on him last week. He he was sort of he's been trailing the defenders for a few weeks now, uh, the forwards, sorry, and, and getting some goals kicked on him, uh, which is a bit of a shame because in the first five rounds he was in all Australian form or up there with all Australian form. So I think he's been carrying an injury since he missed a couple of games and his form hasn't been the same. Uh, Andrew Moore, 
Um, he's been in and out of the AFL side. This year he got that, I don't know if you guys saw it over there, he got that respect, suspension for pushing an umpire. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that, again, that was a bit controversial because um, there was really nothing in it and he was really just showing the umpire um, what he thought um, was happening and he got rubbed out for three games and you got Will Minson that doesn't, doesn't get a game at all. But anyway, what happened is that really... Uh, he, he had some good form coming into that and he was probably going to be picked until that suspension. So, and uh, he hasn't been the same since then. Um, so uh, that was another one. And then uh, Sammy Cahoon, sort of, that's, you know, he's a young player, really thin. Um, so uh, you can see that one. So the two controversial ones, I guess, is Tom Jonas, who was one of the form players of the last two years. Um, that's in the leadership group of Port Adelaide, Ken Hinckley really rolled with him for a long period of time. Uh, but his form has been pretty average. And, uh, and so finally they bit the bullet and actually uh, and clipped him. So that was probably was coming. Uh, I was asking for it for the last three weeks. His form's been that bad. And he's a great player when he's in form. And every player goes through, through form patches. And there's nothing wrong with being dropped for form and coming back. And uh, Nathan Cracker's been the most controversial one out of that one. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how many games you guys have seen of us, but um, you know Nathan's been sort of the Cinderella story this year for Port Adelaide and making it back onto the list and, and then being upgraded from the rookie spot. And he's played pretty well. And uh, I think there's been question marks from where he's come from with his fitness and that it's, that's exposing him at times uh, during games. But his skill level is he's probably the best skilled player in our team at this point in time. So uh, Ken Hinckley came out after selections and said that there's just a few, a few things he needs to work on. Mm. Um, I would imagine that's probably his defensive effort. See, there was probably a few uh, defensive efforts over the last few weeks that probably weren't up to scratch, and that, I'd imagine that's what they're probably going to ask him to go away and work on. It is fascinating. It is fascinating because, as you say, there's certainly been a bit of a, a visible lack in skill or polish in the team. Cracker seems to have had an impact um, even when he's gone slightly across the half-forward line. I think it was a couple of weeks ago when some of his delivery inside 50 was, was pinpoint. Um, so it, it, it is it is a strange decision. A couple of handy-ins, though. Jackson Tringo comes in. I like the look of Cam O'Shea. Um, I'm curious about Tom Cleary. He was only drafted two or three years ago, I believe, um, as a key position defender out of the under-18s. How has he developed and what sort of role is he going to likely to play this week? Yeah, look, he'll be uh, he'll probably play the third man up role. So um, he'll probably get your third or fourth. Uh, well, he'll probably get your third best defender. So who would that be on your on your list? It would obviously Travis Cloak and Jesse White would probably be your, your top two. Probably so, end up being someone like young Darcy Moore this week. Yeah, how tall is Darcy? Uh, Two hundred and something centimeters. Yeah, well, that that could work to your advantage. I think uh, Tom Cleary's one ninety one, maybe one ninety three max. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that that could generate a mismatch for you guys because Jack Homps, who's been in fantastic form, is one ninety three, and and Jackson, I think, is uh, one ninety seven or one ninety eight. So um, yeah, look, Tom Cleary will play that third third defender, and he's been okay. He's He's, uh, I think he's played two or three games this year and he had one game in the previous year and he's, he's got uh, a massive tank on him, which I guess is pretty cliche for AFL teams these days. Everyone's got a massive tank, but he's always high on the, um, 
on in our three game time time trial. So, um, and some supporters were keen to see him run through the midfield. So, um, yeah, but I think you could um, have an advantage with height, depending on how Darcy plays. I, I think that's part of the reason why. Um, he's been left in the side because um, he didn't have an amazing game. Magpie girl, I, I'll defer to your your wisdom in a second and what you thought about that. But I think looking to try and expose uh, Port a little bit in height. What did you think of, of well the lack of changes? I guess Magpie girl. It's um, you know we, we've gone two big games in a row against two huge opposition. Um, came up short both times. No change. Were, were you expecting it? Um, well, I think it was a tremendously courageous move to put Darcy Moore in last week. Um, and I, I think it's good that they're uh, sticking with him this week. Um, you know, obviously we need that third tool and um, it's, you know, it's good to, for him to get the experience and the confidence. And hey, look, he was a little bit lost out there last Friday night, but he, you know, he, he did a few things. I mean, he's one fantastic spoil really um you know kind of <laughs> made his night really mm. but um came along at, at a very appropriate time and um yeah look I, th I think he's the sort of guy that will grow in confidence pretty quickly so i think i think you're right i think even before he just just before he got subbed he was kind of building into the game um he looked you know, a big mark or two away from really having an impact. Again, he's a he's an eighteen, nineteen year old kid um, with a with a big frame, still trying to get you know, still trying to grow into his body. Um, and I'm certainly a fan of keeping. You know, I, I don't I don't know what your th thoughts are about this, uh, but I, I'm a big fan of keeping young guys in in the side. I don't like consistently changing, you know, bringing a debutant in and then, and then getting a straight. You know, straight drop to the VFL, pat on the back. You know, good job, but we'll see you in a few weeks. So, well, I think it's going to be is that if there's a clear position for them, and mm. I mean, there's not a lot of people vying for the spot that Darcy Moore's taking. Who, mm. who, whose spot would he be taking? Well, it's probably Brodie Grundy, and Grundy's flown over with the team. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, last week, this week, there's. There's um, a clear spot for him, whereas you look at, you know, someone like Ben Kennedy that everybody would like to see get a few um, consistent games. You know, there are a lot more players playing his kind of game. Um, mm. It's a bit harder for him to hold, hold a spot or get a, get a consistent run. Well, speaking of consistency or inconsistency in, in this case, despite how inconsistent Port have been this year, I still get the feeling, Rick, that you guys are going to come up and, and really push us for it, whether it's an emotional response to um, the tragic loss of, of Phil Walsh um, or, or, or but basically just because I think Port are due. I think they're due for a big game. Um, it's something yeah. that has to go right at some point and uh, and it could be this week with, with, with where all the stars aligned. I'm not, I'm not convinced on that, to be honest. I, I actually have picked Port, but I've only picked Port because I think they might rise to the... Uh, the emotional uh, challenge with Phil Walsh. Um, I think the Crows obviously are going to have a lot more difficulty because he was in their group, whereas Phil had left us. So, um, but yeah, I think that might be the reason. But I'm looking at your side, and you know, um, even though Darcy Moore is young, Travis Cloak's a big fella as well. Jesse White, uh, you know, then when you couple add that in with uh, Jamie Elliott and Blair, you've got a fantastic forward line and. Um, 
your small forwards could maybe potentially expose um, our small forwards. We, we're probably still trying to develop that small lockdown defender. So I, will, I would be, if I was a Magpie supporter, really interested in watching Jamie Elliott and Jared Blair's performance this week because I think they could do some damage. And we're having, we're having our wet spell now. Um, we haven't had rain for probably two months and it started raining mm. this week. So you might find that you, might, you guys might even drop a big man. Mm. And bring in a Ben Kennedy, um, and yeah. um, because uh, I, I'm going to imagine it's going to be probably a, a dewy game, a slippery game. Um, so maybe a Darcy Moore could be sacrificed. Um, would you pin if that was the case? Would you pinch hit maybe with um, Jesse White in the ruck? I think that'll be the case. I think that's how it would work out, and what would end up uh, what would end up playing through the ruck, uh, giving giving Wits a bit of relief. But it's something that it, it, it's a difficult proposition because you know, Lobby and Ryder are both very capable, very athletic ruckmen. I actually think Lobby's improved quite a lot in that department. But we're certainly going into the game then with a significant disadvantage in the ruck. But where we've been able to make up for that disadvantage, especially in the Frio game, I think we've been harder at the ball, the clearances. So the, the, midfield, the midfield battle becomes absolutely pivotal because we've become quite a strong clearance team and quite a strong pressure team through the centre so we're certainly going to match up quite well I know what's your game plan been this year I sort of caught a little bit with the Collingwood Hawthorne game and it seemed to be a, a massive number sort of a zone a 60 metre zone around the person with the ball especially when it's in the, the half back line uh, is has that been sort of a regular sort of pattern of play for Collingwood this year is, is that a question the coach asked you to ask <laughs> no, why is that? What have I missed? <laughs> you want to know our game plan? <laughs> uh, it's just, well, I mean, I guess the tax, tactics and structure of AFL football is something uh, I like to watch uh, and <laughs> keep. It's it's sort of my hobby, I guess. And yeah, look, I, I actually don't, regardless of Port winning or not, I actually I found the quality of AFL football this year very difficult to watch. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it seems to be to me accentuated that it's like mini league this year, uh, just run, you know, it's run so many numbers around the ball um, and it's not funny. And it, it's amazing that uh, the league has seemed to have responded to trying to negate Port Adelaide style of run and carry game when we haven't even won the grand final. And then you got repeat teams like Hawthorne, Sydney and Frio that seem, you know, that seem to be flying under the radar and everyone's sort of focused on, hey, we've got to stop Port Adelaide. What about the juggernaut of Hawthorne in Sydney? It's, um, it's quite interesting. But, yeah, it just seems to be this mass flood around the ball and it's very congested and, yeah, it's not a, a very attractive brand that teams are playing at the moment. And can, and can I say, before I get on to talking about Collingwood's game plan very briefly, it's going to get worse to watch. Um, Bringing the rotations down to 80 means teams will start conserving players a lot more. You're going to see a lot more scrums, a lot more very, very, very easy uh, out-the-back-door sort of goals um, breaking away from the space. And as Laurie informs me, and he's quite right, the under-18s are playing such an attractive brand of football because it's such a one-on-one -on -one style. And and it's it, it, it's showing. It's, it's actually showing to be quite a great way to watch football. Um, but what, what rule right, what, what rule changes did they they make to try and free it up? Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember exactly um, 
uh, but it's it, it's essentially essentially it's it resulted in implementation of a very one-on-one style of gameplay. So you see genuine contests. Yeah, you mm-hmm. see, you, you know, which you just don't get anymore. Uh, I, I don't see any entertainment in. Um, in seeing a guy break away from a pack and, and slot one in from, from 45 uncontested, especially when, you know, down the other end, it's a three-on-one marking contest and, and the forward has no chance at it. So, you know, it, it's it's going to get worse for it gets better. On Collingwood's game plan, I think the key to our identity this year has been effort, uh, perseverance and hardness at the ball. Um, a lot of blue-collar players um, really working uh into the pack and try and trying to get the ball free, quick movement by hand, uh, especially out of the back line, which tries to, which kind of catches opponents out. And it's very different from the way that Hawthorne uh, and Frio sort of chip around the ball. Um, same with uh, the Swans. So that that's probably been the hallmark. I think the one criticism on us has been in the times that we've been conceding goals at a rapid rate, um, we've been a bit slow to respond, um, and. And that, and that I think has caught us out a couple of times. The Geelong game, the Richmond game. So it, it, it's going to be. Uh, it, it's interesting to see how the team's developing going forward because we do have players that play quite a good contested brand of football. Yeah. Well, look, I think you guys match up really well. You've got a decent midfield and you've got a great forward line, um, and you've got good versatility in your forward line. So uh, I would be, and you guys are in four, and I think a, a few of our supporters uh, keep holding out hope that Port Adelaide's going to play 2014 form and mm. we really haven't done that since round five. So uh, I think you guys are right in it with a shot and I know I wouldn't, if I was a, a Collingwood supporter, I would get in on the book on the bookings at your odds. I think you, mm. you guys are great value to win this game and you know, it hates me more than anyone to, yeah. to say it, but I, I'm a realist. Um, yeah, but I think it'll be entertaining. And uh, for those who make it over and they haven't been Adelaide Oval before, um, you're going to love it. The atmosphere is fantastic. And um, I'm sure both teams uh, are going to do Phil Walsh, uh, his legacy, proud. I, I mean, he had a bit of a Collingwood connection too, didn't he? 22 games, I think. Yeah. So uh, I think both teams aren't running out to their song this week and I don't believe there's a banner either. Is that right? They are playing the Port song before the game, but there's no banners, I don't think. No, I think I think they might play the Never Tear Us Apart where, oh, the, one, yeah, where, the, where, they, where the supporters hold up the scarves, but I'm pretty sure neither team is going to do the theme song, but I'll be, yeah. I'm happy to stand corrected on no, that no, one. No, 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 you're right. It is the um, Never Tear Us Apart. I always think of yeah. it as the Port song, actually. Yeah. So have you guys been to Adelaide Oval for a game? No, I haven't. I have been for a game. I was in Adelaide actually two weeks ago um, and I got to see the ground. Um, yeah. and it's 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 an impressive sight to behold, I must say. Um, unfortunately, I went to a Sturt game later that weekend. That's beside the point. Um, yeah, so it, look, I, I certainly would have, wouldn't have minded getting down, just couldn't find the time away. But it, it, is, it is a beautiful stadium. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy watching Port there. The Never Terror of the Part actually um, it just adds so much atmosphere. Uh, and I, I really quite like it as an initiative and a, and a great idea by, uh, by, by the football club because um, it certainly added a lot to it. So very impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully maybe it evolving where it can be like the EPL where we don't actually need the music played and the, yeah. supporters, and the supporters just sing it. I think if, they can, if we can transition it to that over time, then I, I, 
it'll be one of those spine tingling moments oh, in uh, yeah. in in sport. But I guess my tip for you guys in in the game, uh, if you if you like watching the opposition side, um, he's one of my favourite players at the moment. Would be check out Brendan Archie. Mm-hmm. Um, he played three games as a as a sub, and then had his first full game against Sydney. Um, last week and, and picked up nearly 20 possessions, kicked a goal. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm putting him up there as uh, having a ham for after four games. It's a big call, but I reckon he's got a handball as good as Greg Williams. Uh, it's a, I know it's a massive, massive call, but he does not miss with his handball. And um, in one of the sub games, I can't remember who it was now, he, he pretty much did a, a, a 35 metre handball uh, from pretty much a stationary start, hit the player on the run, on the chest. Um, and some of his handballs last week were just amazing. Mm. He, uh, he's still got a long way to go as a footy player, but he's an exciting player to watch. And he's got the, now he's got the confidence. You know, sometimes these, these young boys sort of sit back and they, they sort of leave the ball for the name players, you know, your Dane Swan and, or your Scott yep. Pendlebury or, or Travis Boak and, and sort of stay out of the way. You don't want to interfere with them. But he's got that confidence there now where he just goes, OK, I'll see the ball, I'm going to go get it. You know, he doesn't yep. pay attention to who's there. So uh, my tip for you guys would be uh, keep an eye out for Archie. I reckon he'll have a good game. What number is he? Oh, 41, I think. 41, yeah. And, and where but, does he play? Uh, on the bench. But now uh, you'll see. <laughs> but you'll see. You'll see him rotate through the midfield. Yeah. Um, and uh, probably the uh, the half forward line. But uh, he'll be involved in the midfield rotations. Yeah. We should also mention that it's Swanee's two hundred and fiftieth game. It is Swanee's two hundred and fiftieth game, and he's always he's always one to to keep an eye out for. It uh, adds to the occasion, of course, which is one. Mm. Mm. Certainly, as the occasion, I do like Archie. I, I, I was a big fan of him in the under 18s and actually, it's his brother I think that's coming through this year. So, um, very very similarly talented, I guess. For Collingwood, the the, the main the main one I, I always like to watch or keep an eye out for is uh, is Jamie Elliott, um, especially uh, you know just given his ability to influence a game, but. The last two weeks, he's been held fairly quiet, so it, it, it could it could be a really crucial part of uh, of unraveling that uh, that Collingwood forward line. Jarman Impey will have his work cut out for him, but um, it'll uh, it, it could be an interesting uh, be interesting matchup. Uh, Rick, thank you so much for coming on. I will let you go as we uh, as we apparently dragged on quite a bit. No, you're right. It's my it's my bad influence. Our um... Our port podcast usually goes for an hour, so. Um, if I had my way, Rick, it, it, this this thing wouldn't stop, and we'd just keep going because it's uh, I, I do I do thoroughly enjoy a good yeah, a good awesome. footy chat. No, well, I hope uh, I hope I've added some insight for you, and uh, good luck, and not too much luck on tomorrow night. I was going to say on the on the week on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. And look, I, I, whilst uh, whilst it may be you know perhaps in your mind a little bit. Uh, you know, unlikely this year. I certainly hope to see the real Port Adelaide or the Port Adelaide of last year show up again. Um, you were the only team aside from Collingwood that I could actively watch last year and enjoy. Um, so my football watching has been a bit disappointing this year, I must say. But certainly hope you guys find those those heights again and uh, maybe with a bit of luck we, uh, we might see you in September. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks. Take care, Rick. Really Thank you. Always good having a member of the opposition on, and thanks again to 
to fishing Rick for, uh, for for coming on and giving us such a valuable insight into uh, the Port Adelaide Football Club. We are running short on time, so Magpie Girl, I'd like to thank you for, for all your efforts in coming on today. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Mighty T, and we'll send a cheerio to Gone Critting, shall we, who's over there hugging gorillas or something. Yeah, he's absolutely killing it over in, uh, in Africa. So that's, Is it Africa? No, I hope he's not doing that. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not literally. But, <laughs> it's not but very sh- politically correct anymore. You know. <laughs> no, uh, let me rephrase it. I'm sure he's having a great time. In Africa at the moment, and uh, and uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be back soon enough. Thanks again, Laurie, for all your, your help and your ad libbing and your typing in the background. We we always appreciate it. Um, and just a couple of shout outs before we finish up. But please stay tuned for uh, TD and his rant. Uh, always always valued listening. Um, one final shout out to Dane Swan. Congratulations on 250. Do us all a favour and re-sign so you can get to 300 because we all know you can do it and you're just a superstar. And finally, our thoughts and prayers are with the Adelaide Football Club, West Coast Football Club and Port Adelaide Football Club this week who um, will all be feeling the loss of uh, Phil, Walsh, Phil Walsh after his uh, untimely death on Friday, which uh, has obviously shaken the AFL world to its core. Um, uh, I'm led to believe that uh, the Collingwood and Port Adelaide Football Club uh, won't be coming out to their songs and, and to a banner this week as a, as a show of respect. Um, so our thoughts and prayers go out to those those players uh, uh, in, uh, in in Perth this week, representing the Adelaide Football Club and the West Coast Football Club, for, uh, the club at which he was an assistant um, for a fair period of time, and also to our position Port Adelaide this week. And uh, I'm sure all the boys will do feel proud. This is the Mighty T signing out. Trade drafts round 15 rant, and I want to talk about our goal kicking because we have played the arguably the top two teams in the competition this year in Fremantle and Port Adelaide. And both games we have found ourselves into found ourselves in very winnable situations like in the game. And especially Fremantle, because we can all remember that we did this right miss in the last quarter, it was an absolute shocker. But then again, the Fremantle's goal kicking the whole game wasn't terrible because we kicked 11-7. But when it came to pressure time and late in the game, we missed crucial goals. goals, Very, very crucial goals across this game. But then we have a look at but it really showed up. The fourth quarter from changed into this the whole game was we kicked 12-19. 12-19, that is just perfect. Tick, especially for a top team because Cloak kicked, I think it was 1 4, 1 5. And for a guy who's getting paid $800,000 a year, you are there to be a match winner. I know people who said he'll sign to be a part of a winning team, that's true, but he's there as part of a to be a match winner for that money. If you're just playing to be winning, you could play probably getting 500000 or less. Maybe even 600,000, 700,000, 800,000. You're playing as being there, the match winner. And yes, Clark can be a match winner when he kicks straight, which is maybe not very often at all. But when he does, he can just never be a match winner. But when he isn't, he can be a match loser because the team is very much kicking a cloak, kicking a cloak, kicking a cloak. And when he gets them like that, they start shaking it. 
which is not good enough. Well, hopefully he does come fixing it, or if not, we're going to lose a lot more games like that. Okay, and I'll just run this up, and I'll guess I'll see you for around a 15 rent. No, I mean around a 16 rent, so I hope you enjoy my little rant, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.